2: that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from.
1: Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Ishtar, a bearded goddess of sex and war from ancient Mesopotamia, she was hot-tempered with a lust for conquest, and her priestesses were transgender.
0: Oya, Yoruba goddess of the wind, storms, lightning, tornadoes, thunder, commerce, and war. She rules the destruction that comes before positive change.
1: Atalanta, fleet footed huntress and heroine of ancient Greece who joined the Argonauts. She helped slay the Caledonian boar and refused to marry any man who couldn't beat her in a foot race. She also became a PDA lion.
0: Eats Papa Lotl a skeletal warrior goddess of the Aztec pantheon, sometimes depicted with butterfly wings lined with obsidian knives.
1: This episode is part of our Women of Myth series, where we interview podcasters, authors, scholars, and more about the amazing women of world mythology.
0: It's based on our book of the same name, Women of Myth, illustrated by the amazing Sarah Richard, It's available for pre-order wherever books are sold, or go to ancienthistoryfangirl.com to find links to a bookstore near you. The figure starts to crouch
2: and kind of, like, crawl towards me. No, 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 no.
0: I'm Jenny
1: Williamson. And I'm Jen
0: McMenemy. And this is Ancient History Fangirl. Today we are so thrilled to welcome to the show Nikki and Kali from the Creepy Conversations podcast. Hello, hi guys, hi! We're <laughs> so
3: excited.
0: I'm so psyched to talk about this stuff. I'm, I'm just, I was writing up the questions, and I was just like, I cannot wait. This is going to be amazing. Me too. So, hailing from the Philippines and Singapore, they cover all things creepy from Southeast Asian countries, including monsters, ghost stories, true crime, serial killers, and more. Welcome! Hi, guys! Thanks so much for having us. We are so
2: excited to be here. I'm Nikki. I'm the one from Singapore.
3: (laughs) And I'm Kalai. I'm the one from the Philippines.
0: (laughs) Hello! This is actually not the biggest time difference we've ever done because we've recorded people from Australia, but it is pretty close. I think, wait, is, is Australia bigger in time difference-wise? Is it like 12 hours? You know what? I don't even know the answer to that question. Never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think the answer was where they were in Australia versus me in the UK.
0: Jen wound up waking up at four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: did. <laughs> whereas it is not it is it is a respectable two o'clock in the afternoon for me yeah. <laughs> <a> respectable time
0: <laughs> anyway um so tell us a little bit about yourselves and your podcast um what drew you to the stories that you cover and what made you want to do a podcast on it kalai would you want to answer
3: that question sure <laughs> Um. so We've actually known each other since high school and we've been into paranormal and true crime. Like that's like the thing that bonded us. And then we wanted to start a podcast because of Neil Gaiman and like you guys, you guys were also inspired by my favorite
1: murder. If I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah. So we were too. I was. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was
0: Dan Carlin, but yeah.
1: <laughs> For Jenny, it was Dan Carlin in the history of Rome, but you know, I'm. I'm unabashedly true crime. (laughs) (laughs) So that was
3: kind of the same for us. Like, for Neil Gaiman, because he mentioned that he loves Filipino mythology, and we were like, yeah, us too. And then, like, he was, like, encouraging Filipinos to, like, talk more about it, so we decided to start it. And then, like, for My Favorite Murder, like, two women hosting a podcast about true crime, so... We were like, yeah, let's mix that together. And yeah, um, we we have to be careful right now because we actually swear a lot. It's like word vomit. We can't control
1: it. So, Welcome to our fucking podcast. <laughs> uh- <laughs> you are more than welcome to drop whatever bombs you need to. Love
0: that. <laughs> we're so fucking glad you guys are here.
1: <laughs> That's good to hear.
2: I love that. Yeah, we were actually very worried about that earlier. We were like, oh, I think we should tell them that. Oh, by the way, this is like word vomit to us. This is our vocabulary. And we're not really sure if you guys are OK with it.
0: We, we've we had like so many guests come on and say like, oh, my gosh, can I say this on the podcast? And like and it's it's like dirtier than swearing, you know, and we're like, yes, you can. Oh, please, <laughs> That's great.
3: Because <laughs> we can't control it.
0: We would love it if you would just vomit some words. <laughs> love that. If our
1: listeners aren't okay with it, they, they can switch off, but they get this quite a lot from us. Jen's
0: infamous suck and fuck vampires joke, I think. that's <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, people are used to it. <laughs>
1: suck and fuck vampires
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not fucking npr
1: ladies (laughs) that's when i I was officially like well i guess this is who we are
0: now (laughs) same um anyway yeah sorry let's just get right into the creepy shit so we we want you guys to just creep us right the fuck out we're excited who is your favorite creepy female or femme monster from southeast asian mythology that you've covered and why um, I would like to go patriotic on this and
2: say the manananggal. I was so afraid of these guys as a kid to the point where I wouldn't even want to sleep near a window because I felt like they were like gonna, I don't know, they were gonna eat me or whatever. And they're actually dubbed as the Filipino vampire. But I feel like that's an understatement because they do more than just like eat people there's actually like a ritual of how you become one and how you transform into this kind of monster. So it's such a stark contrast to what a vampire is, wherein they just bite you and you either die or you turn into one of them. With the Manananggal, if they prey on you, you're dead meat, basically.
0: Ooh, tell me more. How How does the process work?
2: So, um... With the Mananangal, if they want to turn you, they actually give you this orb that contains a curse. And you eat that and you turn into one of them. On top of this, you're also given some sort of potion. We call it lana, which is like a coconut oil mixed with herbs and a few incantations.
0: Ooh, sounds like a good face cream, too. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't want that because it, like, stinks so bad. (laughs) Oh, never mind. (laughs) They
2: use this to kind of, like, rub it in their bellies so that their torsos can detach from their lower halves. What? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So once they've severed their torsos they grow bat-like wings and they've got like their entrails like just hanging down and they fly across looking for food
1: wait can i just get wait i just need to head around the description so they're sort of humanoid from the torso up with bat wings and then their (laughs) entrails are just like kind of dragging down like streamers hanging down
2: just hanging there yeah You've got, like, the lower half just standing there, and the torso is, honestly, and the torso is just, like, flying around looking for food. And their favorite food is usually a fetus. Same. And what they do is they, um, (laughs) they attack like sleeping pregnant women so they use their tubular tongues to suck out the fetus from the umbilical cords
1: wow do they ever attach back to their legs or no those legs are just done
2: yeah (laughs) So, (laughs) so the thing is in the morning they're humans they're like day walkers so they have to make sure that before daylight comes they reattach to their lower halves
0: or else they die Okay, so they're they're fetus vampires. (laughs)
2: You can say that, but I mean like they eat whatever. It's just that their preference is fetus.
1: But they're not that picky. (laughs) They're not picky at all.
0: (laughs) It depends on what's on the menu. I mean like if fetus is on the menu, why not, right? (laughs) I mean look, if a fetus is on the menu, I'm gonna go for it. That's the thought process.
1: Do they need like an invitation to come into your house or they just no rules, bar- no holes bars? They can go wherever they want.
2: No, there's no holes. Like, that's why we were so afraid to sleep beside a window because it's like, oh my God, they can just like come. They don't even need to get in your house because their tongues extend. It elongates. So it's like a
3: mosquito thing. Probiscus? A probiscus, oh.
0: yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: But it's their tongue. (laughs) When they're day walkers, do you know when one is approaching
2: you? No. So that's the thing. They're like full on human. But at night, there's this thing. They make a sound and they say that if it sounds far, then they're actually near. But if it sounds close and loud, then that's when they're far. And that's how they kind of like reel in their prey because you get kind of like complacent like oh it's it sounds far away so i'm good but apparently it's near
3: that's a mind fuck there is a way to tell that there there's like a, a mananangal near if if you're a mankukulam which is what we call the witches in our country so they will provide you with a an, an oil similar to the oil that the mananangal uses but it's like One-fourth of the bottle, and if that boils, it means that there's a mananangal near you. So that's like a way to tell them that there's something there. Is there
0: any way to ward off the proboscis? Yeah, so
2: I guess that's why they say that it's like a vampire, because then if you have like salt or garlic within the vicinity, then then they can't come near you.
3: And... The tail of the stingray, too, they, they're they scared of that, too. Like, even just the sound of the tail of the stingray, if you whip it, they're already, like, uh, scared. <laughs> oh, I just remember one more thing. They're also,
2: they don't like when you curse at them.
3: Oh, we're
0: set. We're set.
1: <laughs> oh, well, we're fine
0: then. <laughs> For <Yeah>. some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is why I first on the podcast.
1: It's, it's all about vampire happen. protection. <laughs> <laughs> so you just curse and they're like, okay, I can't come near you guys. Yes. <laughs> if you're worried at night, play us at night as you go to sleep. You'll be protected.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, except that it's the head that's severed off, but it's the same concept that it flies around with its entrails just hanging off there.
3: Even their spine is like hanging. And then I think. The history of the Manenangal, how it became a torso, was when the Philippines was colonialized. But when we were colonized with the Spaniards, like they wanted to describe the Manenangal as someone who has breasts to like prove that it's female. Cause that's like, yeah, a, a huge thing for them. Like your monsters are women. <laughs> so
2: a woman, yeah.
3: Wow. It, it was just a way for them to scare the natives to joining
2: Christianity.
3: Their religion? Christianity, yeah. They saw how scared the people were of the Menenangal, so they were like, oh, um, you can use the crosses to scare them off
1: and, and stuff like that.
3: Oh, so like it's like a tool of the colonizer, basically.
1: Can we use the stingray tail to scare off the colonizers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for that. We should have tried that.
0: <laughs> that could actually work because, I mean, it hurts if you, like, hit the mud. Yeah. <laughs> I've never tried to actively whip someone with a stingray tail, but now I kind of want to try it.
3: <laughs> there are actually, like, stuff for sale. Like, I was browsing through, like, um, a local online shop here. And then, like, it suggested the stingray tail, like, anti-Mananangal weapon, and then it was a stingray tail. I was like, it's now online? (laughs) You can get
0: anything online. I bet Mananangal can order fetuses online. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I bet there's, like, fetus seamless online. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Just add to cart. There's a need for it. They work during the day. They might be like a human resources director or something. And then at night, they just want to come home and eat some fetus. It's like, who's on maternity leave right now? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) And this went real dark real fast.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes! For delivery. Kali, what
3: about you? What's one of your favorite monsters? Mm, So mine is she's also from the Philippines and I'm pretty sure Nikki you were also scared of this monster when when you were a kid so she's called Lily her description she's like everything (laughs) she can be a manananggal and she can also be a white lady and there's not much known about her because she's very like she's only found here in Cebu where where we we're from it's it's like an island in the middle of the Philippines and um it was wild when we were younger cuz there were stories that she was like a traveling monster so people were like oh she's now in this town and people would get scared like especially kids cuz she was used by the parents to scare us to sleep early. <laughs> and then, like, it eventually became a huge thing. Like, people were like, oh, this person got killed. Maybe Lily killed this person. Like, she suddenly became a serial killer for some reason. Like, she became a murderer and stuff like that. So she's not really, like, like a specific creature. She's more on, like, an entity that people are, like, associating her with fear. So... She's probably my favorite because I used to be so scared of her
1: when I was a kid. (laughs) When you say a white woman, do you mean like as in a white person or like a woman in white, like a ghostly woman who appears in white? A person wearing white. We call them
3: white lady. So they're just basically people wearing white dresses like ghosts. In white.
0: i love how jen is like are we talking to karen or what
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean we could be we absolutely could be but i just want to double check <laughs> she's
3: kind of like um I, I, if you've guys seen the ring um she's kind of like samara sadako so she kind of could be like that like
1: I watched The Ring and then I had to, like, cover all my TVs and mirrors for, like, a month. And I saw that, like, I was too old to have that reaction. <laughs> it was so scary. It messed with my brain.
2: <laughs> I was kind of like, that would shudder. Like, I wouldn't... I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it was this... um Was it Thai or Taiwanese movie? Um, where the ghost would sit on top of his shoulders and like no one saw, but he was like wondering why he suddenly got so heavy without even like gaining weight, you know? And then when they started flashing pictures, they saw that there was a lady on his shoulder. After that movie, I was like, I don't want to take pictures at all.
0: <laughs> is that based on a real mythological like creature or is that unique to the movie?
3: She, she's still a white lady. Like, it, it, I feel like that's an Asian thing that our ghosts are the,
1: they wear white. <laughs> For some reason, it scares us.
3: This is ter- the scariest
0: part is the white dress. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, there is like a classification of ghosts in Western ghost mythology that is, As I said, the woman, a woman in white, and it is a woman always dressed in white Mm. who is usually tied to some kind of death of her children, wants to haunt children, something like that. Um, But yes, they're also just all in white, (laughs) which for some reason is equally scary. (laughs)
3: Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's it's true. Like I think the banshee has ties to the woman in white in like continental Europe, like in France. There's one called, I don't know, maybe it's La Blanche or something like that in France, that the white, basically. There's
1: La Girona who is in white. Um, and then um, I think some of it may go, sometimes it goes back to like, this is a woman who was newly married, who has died and was buried in their wedding dress. I think sometimes in burials at, in different times, women were buried in white,
0: Were we still talking about Lily? She sounds terrifying, though. Like, she can shapeshift?
3: Yeah, she is just sort of like a shapeshifter. Or I feel like the parents at that time were like, whatever you're scared of, that's her. (laughs) 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 So that's how she became a (laughs) shapeshifter. So, yeah. I'm Helena Bonham-Carter, and for BBC Radio 4...
1: Who is a fearsome female monster uh, who you feel is misunderstood and gets a bad rap?
3: Yeah, (laughs) I feel like all of them. um, But there's this specific ghost uh, from Indonesia. Her name is Wewe Gombel. Her name's funny, but she's from the Javanese mythology. Her backstory is that she was like in a loving relationship and then they found out that she can't have kids and her husband started to ignore her and then ended up cheating on her and then she caught her husband with another woman and then killed them and then she was chased by the neighbors and then because she was so like distraught because she was like continually being harassed for being a murderer as you know as one does so yeah she sorry trigger warning she like took her own life and then she became a vengeful spirit or like they labeled her as a venge- vengeful spirit and then local folklore say that she abducts children that have been mistreated or neglected. And then she takes care of them like a grandmother would. And then until their parent, the, the parents of the children repent, then she would return them. So I don't condone the murder stuff and the kidnapping stuff. But um, I feel like she's misunderstood because I you don't really hear men that are labeled as monsters even though there are plenty of men that murder their wives and kidnap children but you rarely hear stories of them you know being labeled as like vengeful spirits or monsters like it's always women in asia (laughs) specifically asia i don't know if in the west it's the same
0: I don't know. Most of the examples I can think of in Western mythology, it, it works like you said, like the women are demonized for things that they do that isn't necessarily their fault or that is actually the fault of a man. Medea comes to mind. La Llorona comes to mind. La Llorona has this, this background where she, I think she drowns her children um, because her lover rejects her and marries somebody else.
1: La Llorona, there's, there's even more darkness to it because in the colonial tradition, it's possible that if the father of the, if it was a Spanish father, sometimes it is in the case of La Llorona, they could decide that they want to take the children from the mother, and the mother then has no right to raise the children in their culture and in their heritage, because there was obviously mm. a horrible mm. colonial attitude that is very false about, like, um, you know, women, who, indigenous women, not being able to raise their children proper, properly or be proper mothers. So it's it's mm. real dark, and this to me it's about a woman's A woman's infertility, right? It's about this infertility of this this couple being Mm. really placed firmly on the woman. I mean, not on the dude. Mm. Didn't look like he had a lot of kids, even though he was obviously trying. Yeah. Um, And then really putting that weight onto a woman. It shows a lot of the fear, I think, they have with reproduction. And a lot of that, sort of, to me, that the ability to carry on your line and when a woman is no longer useful. It's real dark. I mean...
0: This happened in other... Cultures that are like, you know, other monsters that we found too. There were a few that where the woman becomes a vengeful spirit after being rejected by a man or a.
1: Kyohime, yeah. She becomes a giant snake. I still say the monk had it coming. Yeah, he did. He was a <laughs> yeah, it's usually
3: like women are always viewed as like a caretaker, stuff like that. We can't mess up. So if we go the other way, we're suddenly like bad, bad, bad. And we're suddenly labeled as monsters. So who made that? (laughs) Who decided that? (laughs) Dudes can do it. We
0: generally don't like it, but they're not literally demonized, right? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I noticed that, like, there are so many, like, we we already know, like, especially in true crime, if the wife dies, it's always the husband that did it. But we never hear, like, stories about men, you know, turning into monsters or, like, Scary spirits and stuff like that.
1: Like we just accept the fact that they're like that. Like, yeah, but think about it. There is the the term for a woman who murders her husband is a black widow, right? But there are tons mm. of men who murder their wives, numerous wives. We don't have like a black widower name for them right they don't have their own name based on a on a scary spider we're demonizing female serial killers and multiple spousal killers which again i'm not agreeing that that's okay but we don't have the same name or feeling for men who do exactly the same thing it's even like they
3: men are like they have fans while women are they receive the opposite reaction it's actually
2: scary because like sometimes it also inspires other people to be a serial killer Mm. because they look up to these guys why what is the thought (laughs) process here
0: (laughs) right it's like this is not a goal that you should have
1: Whereas I don't feel like there's a lot of females who are out there idolizing female serial killers. I could be wrong, but I just don't think that's the case.
0: I feel like studying mythology, I've gotten to this point where I'm sort of like, well, you know, I guess it's wrong to kill your family. But...
1: I, agree. I mean, Speaking of yeah, <laughs> problematic uh, attitudes towards serial killing. When we're living in this time period, it's definitely wrong. And also, have you heard about moving away from your family? Have you heard about putting an ocean or a couple continents between you and your family and working out your issues first? <laughs> yeah. That
0: is so true. Nikki,
2: what about you? I would go for the, we call it batibat, which is... Like a sleep paralysis demon. This is also still from the Philippines. And this demon is like a... It's an ancient demon that's grotesquely obese and lives in a tree. And she doesn't really attack you unless you sleep on her tree or you cut it down for whatever reason. And I feel like... She is misunderstood because honestly, she doesn't even like do anything to you unless you come into her territory and touch her stuff. And I feel like it's just
0: like putting boundaries, you know? <laughs> She's got good boundaries. Look, I would, I would absolutely paralyze you in your sleep if you knock <laughs> not <paralyze. laughs> Oh, and the
2: way she does that too is so strange because she sits on your chest while you sleep. So you suffocate until you die, basically. She was actually featured in one of Netflix's series called Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It took me a very long time to understand that they were referring to that because they, they said the name weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did they say it versus how it is actually said? Uh, so they, they say
2: Batty Bat. <laughs> batty Bat. And how the locals say it is
0: Batty Bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They just, like, really Americanized it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, have any of you guys ever had sleep paralysis? Because it is pretty terrifying.
3: Yeah, it is. It's like, I want to wake up, but I can't.
0: Like, what is this? (laughs) I can't move. I've had it, and I I talk about this in the vampires episode that we did, where we were talking about various ancient vampires from, like, ancient cultures like Mesopotamia and Rome and Greece and stuff. And there was a sleep paralysis one, too. And we kind of went down this rabbit hole of like, what is sleep paralysis? What does it feel like? All kinds of crazy stuff.
3: Yeah, it's it's something that I don't want other people to experience, really, because
0: I don't know. I've had it a couple times. And I think (laughs) for me, like, when I know what's happening, I'm like, oh, this is actually really interesting. I can't move my
1: body. Like, I'm, I'm down to not have this not be interested or fascinated, by I just don't have it happen, please. And thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what country that you've covered do you think has the scariest monsters? And what's a prime example?
2: Actually, when I first thought about it, I thought I was going to say <laughs> Philippines, but then it's more like a bias towards the experiences because like, growing up, you just know you're terrified of those things. Hmm. But then as we covered more... I would say it's the Japanese because it's, like, so diverse. Like, they have this one entity, which is called the um, Kuchisake Onna. That's her name. Mm. And she's, like, this woman with a slit face. So kind of like Joker. And she covers it with a mask. And she goes around, like, asking random people, Am I beautiful? And if you say no then she kills you. If you say yes, she shows you her face. And if you scream, you die. And if you still say, yeah, I think you're pretty, then she slits your face just like hers. And to me, I feel like you can't win with this. (laughs) That's terrifying. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I think it's like, there's this next level, at least with ours, we know how to protect ourselves and kind of like, oh, I know I can kill you, so there's a 50 -50 chance I'd survive this. But with them, it's like, "Mm, I'm not
0: really sure. (laughs) There's no way to word this off at all. Like... (laughs) And you know what it is too? Because I like Japanese horror I find to be utterly terrifying. Yeah. And I think I think that what it is for me, um, and I'm not like a you know expert on the genre, it's just, you yeah. know, the various things that I've seen. It's there's this uncanny valley mindfuckery that goes on. <laughs> and true. this is a prime example of that to me. <laughs> Intense plot twists you don't even
2: know.
1: I also think like something about it too is like you're always primed with horror movies. Like, or at least I am, and I'm a massive horror film. Ban, but, like, you always kind of want to go into it with, like, there's a, that 50-50 shot, right? Like, you might be able to survive this. But a lot of times with Japanese horror, like, you can't. Nope. If you are in this situation, <laughs> you might as well just, like, count yourself out. A lot of times in Japanese horror, you know, you kind of stumble into these problems. And you, you don't have the control of, like, oh, I shouldn't have gone into the, to that abandoned mental hospital, you know, trope or... <laughs> That I shouldn't have moved into the the Amityville house. I, I did read in the paper that something bad happened there.
2: <laughs> and it was quite funny when we covered her as well because initially we were like, oh, I don't think this is going to be any issue because no one wears a mask. <laughs> but then COVID happened and now we're like, hmm,
0: now we don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be scared to go on the subway after this.
1: Right? She could be anyone, basically. It's just like, don't look. <laughs> I'm just going to put my headphones on and refuse to talk to anyone. Oh, wait.
2: Actually, that's how you thats how you protect yourself from her. Just, like, don't say anything. Don't answer her. Just ignore her.
0: Oh, well, I'm from New York. I'm good at ignoring people who say weird things to me on the subway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kalai, what about you? Uh, I have to agree. <laughs> Japanese monsters are scary. They're very random. Like, they have... One that's like an umbrella monster. Like, why are you a monster? You're an umbrella. (laughs) And then there's, (laughs) it's just a spirit that decided to possess an umbrella. (laughs) That's it. And then if you accidentally use it, because it hangs out with the other umbrellas where, you know, you put the umbrellas. If you accidentally use it, then you're dead. (laughs) They they're random that way. They even have like the um toilet paper monster, where if it's like if you get the red toilet paper, then a hand comes out of the toilet and that kills you. So uh, you you can't tell if this is your time to go because they usually appear in like rooms that have red lighting, so you can't tell that the toilet paper
1: is red. If you accidentally get it, then you're dead. So they're random that way. I mean, as someone who lives in the UK, this umbrella monster, does it travel? I'm very worried. It's an invasive species
0: in the UK, Jen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is there a raincoat monster? I'm guessing
2: it's never like... A boring <laughs> day in Japan. Every day is like,
3: mm, am I gonna die today, or
0: <laughs> I might have to use some toilet paper. I had better watch out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to bring your own, <laughs> or just <laughs> everywhere every a bidet.
0: Sometimes it's a good thing to have just some something that you can use in case it's red or there is none.
3: Once you enter a room and the lights are red, you're like, I got my own tissue paper. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: It makes me think, like, how did they even come up with these things? Like, how did
1: it even start? I'm interested in the psychology of these mundane things like toilet paper or umbrellas being so cursed or haunted or evil. Like, what does that tell us about the sort of way that the culture looks at life and how, how quickly things can change, you know, and how, how really kind of scary and short and fleeting it is?
0: I don't know. There's a lot of urban legends about rats in your toilet and things coming out of your toilet in New York. So I can see the the horror <laughs> of somebody sticking a hand up from there and like grabbing your insides or something. Like I I think I get it. Like I can get how the, this thought process happens.
1: I mean, I know an actual quite quite scary story that is not it's not an urban legend. It's a real story. It happened to someone my father in law knew. <laughs> it's a story of a guy who went into the men's room. He went to Use the toilet and he wound up stuck to the toilet because someone oh. put super glue on the toilet.
0: Is that a? I thought that was like just like a prank people pull on each other in like grade school.
1: Yeah, and this happened to an adult. That's insane! <laughs> in a pub. <laughs> That's so scary. How do you even call for help? Like, I'm sorry, I'm stuck in the toilet. But who even thinks to check the toilet? Like, that it's not, doesn't have like anything like on it, you know? I don't know. I do because I'm very like paranoid about that, but dudes are gross.
0: That's a good point. <laughs> like, did you not notice there's like
1: stuff on the yeah! toilet? Like- <laughs> I don't know. Put a little bit of paper towel down first. I mean, I think the point of this was he was probably very drunk because he was in a pub. That makes
0: sense. Sometimes monsters are less scary and more hilarious. What's a monster you've covered? That makes you die laughing, speaking of hilarious monsters. <laughs>
3: oh, no. <laughs> so we've covered some that are, like, R-rated. Yes, hit us with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say the one that we laughed the most was with Kappa, which is a Japanese monster. <laughs> so it it's a mixture of, like, a, a frog that has a bird beak and webbed fingers and then it has a dish on top of its head. It, it kind of looks like, you know, those priests, Portuguese
1: priests that have like um, a bald spot. Like a tonsure. Oh, yeah. The friars, like the Francescan friars. Yeah, the monks. Yeah, yeah that that
3: wild. one. They kind of have that, but it's a dish. They need to like put water on it or else they would like dry up. They're basically like river monsters in Japan. And to this day, if you go to Japan, there are rivers, not all rivers, but there are some rivers in Japan that have signs that kappas could exist in this place. And the thing that's funny about them is that they love to get a person's source of life, which the Japanese believe are found in your anus. Like the prostate? No, because men and women have it. They describe it as, like, the pearl of life. It's found in your anus, so what they do is when somebody's, like, fishing or, like, standing near the river, swimming, they're suddenly like, heh heh, we're gonna <laughs> <get it." laughs> <laughs> like, wow,
0: well, the river's really getting a, just a tad bit. <laughs> it's a tad bit handsy. Oh no.
3: <laughs> that's their thing. I mean, it does get dark. Like, they do, like, kill people, but before. <laughs> the, that's their main thing. Like, they love butts. Like, <laughs> that's their main thing. <laughs> there are ancient, like, illustrations in japan where they they're trying to grab someone's butt so they're obsessed with butts
1: (laughs) i mean i got so many thoughts (laughs) that's incredible
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) don't they have a sushi named after them because they like cucumbers
3: oh yeah sushis that have cucumbers on on top of them are, are called like kappa makis and they're also by the way i forgot they're also obsessed with farts too well that totally makes sense they like that bum (laughs) yes there's this thing in in japan if you get all gassy they say that oh like that's a kappa thing you better watch out because the kappa might go after you (laughs) the kappas are circling (laughs) (laughs) can they get to you outside of a river Yeah, they can. They can walk (laughs) as long as they have water to pour on, like, the dish on their heads. The toilet, I mean. They could partner with the toilet paper ghost. Maybe they have, like, a secret deal going on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know where the prime anuses are. (laughs) All you have to do is get through the
2: pipes. (laughs) The Japanese are very creative with their creatures, actually, because they also have this other thing they call the tanuki. Which is like a raccoon dog with really saggy testicles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a poor old dog.
2: So that's the thing. There's actually a real raccoon dog in Japan. And they're called Tanuki. Yeah. Without the saggy testicles. But, <laughs> but the monster- monsters that they have are the ones that have these saggy testicles that they can use to, like, turn
1: into a raincoat. (laughs) (laughs) See, now I can't even wear raincoats.
0: (laughs) Jen's like, is there a raincoat monster? Yes, Jen, there is. (laughs) (laughs) This this is
3: it! It's made out of saggy balls. (laughs) Yeah, they even turn into boats. It's how stretchy they are.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I feel like the balls are like shape-shifty balls. Yeah, that, that's what they are. <laughs> they they have creative stuff when it comes to um, avoiding the rain. <laughs> you I think you get it. the choice between balls and the killer umbrella. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> what would you go with, you guys? I think I would choose the balls. It's not going to kill me. <laughs> or is it? I'd rather... Um, stay in the rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that as an option.
1: What about ponchos? Do they have killer rain ponchos?
0: Imagine that it's really raining.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would go with a, probably with a
3: hmm, with the tanuki, <laughs> as long as it keeps
2: me alive. <laughs> I think they're quite useful, because, I mean, when it starts to flood,
0: then it can turn into a boat. That could even be life-saving. <laughs> if it's bad enough, you want one of those saggy ball raccoon dogs to help you out. <laughs> if I ever go to Japan, I'm going to remember this travel hack.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just look like for the raccoon dogs. Are you the magic one? <laughs> <laughs> i like inspecting the testicles of all the raccoon dogs that I come across. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, may I check? I
2: don't think you'll miss it because it's like huge and stretchy. <laughs> if it's the one you'll know.
3: <laughs> and they do have like shrines dedicated to tanukis. And you can tell that these are the tanuki shrines because the tanukis are very cute, but then when you look down, you're like, um no thank you <laughs> next please
0: i mean I, I feel like if i did go around inspecting all of their balls i might get arrested like yeah,
3: it's like, not appropriate what is this to, lady doing
0: <laughs> why is this white lady inspecting the balls of our fauna <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what if there's a flood what, what if there's a flood oh my
3: god and then there's also another one. um <laughs> were, Was she from Malaysia or Indonesia? I think she was from Malaysia. Her name is Hantu Tatek, So she's uh, a ghost with like huge breasts. She goes out at night and then she tries to like seduce men. Um not, Well, she doesn't really seduce men. She like asks for help. And then if the man is like, if they start to get handsy, she kills them using her breasts like she
1: suffocates them to death. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I feel really, really seen and called out right now.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, to be fair, she doesn't do that unless they get handsy, though, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so we're on her side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is
0: reasonable. <laughs> exactly.
3: We're here for her.
0: This is one where I say, you know, it is
1: bad to kill people, but...
0: But... <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> I mean, the punishment does fit the crime here, right? Like, they're getting what they wanted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you want dem titties? I'll give you dem titties. Dem titties, titties <laughs> are here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, her name literally is translated to nipple ghost. So that's, that's what she's known as. <laughs>
0: What is a ghost story you've covered on your podcast that still gives you nightmares? Oh my god, oh my god, I immediately thought of
2: shadow people. So we called them anino, which basically just translates to shadow people. And the reason why I'm so afraid of these guys is because I have had an experience back home with them. Yeah, so... (laughs) i (laughs) am having goosebumps just, like, thinking about it. (laughs) Every time I tell this story, and I keep, like, telling this to my friends. Every time I tell it, I just shiver and have goosebumps because... Okay, so my room back home had this, like, couch facing the door. And, like, behind the door was, like, a coat rack where my mom would put her bag in. And... One day she was like, hey, can you grab my bag for me? So I went up. I didn't even bother to turn on the lights. This was evening. I didn't bother to turn on the lights because I knew I could just kind of grab the bag from behind the door and go. And so when I opened the door, I saw this like figure sitting on the couch. And I thought to myself like, oh, maybe my mind is just playing tricks on me. I'm just like seeing things. And I proceed to, like, reach in to grab the bag. And the figure starts to crouch and kind of, like, crawl towards me. No, 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 no. no. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 I just, like, ran downstairs. And my mom is like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I got scared. I never told her about it because I felt like she wouldn't believe me and honestly like she got pissed (laughs) off because i never got the bag priorities (laughs) i i know right fucking terrifying yeah that's why these guys i'm 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 so scared of them because they're basically just like figures they're just shadows Mm. and you don't even know like whether or not it's a regular shadow or is this something else this is like flat on the ground looks like a shadow no so it's like a it's like a silhouette. So it's just a figure. It was sitting on the couch. I really thought like there was someone there, but I knew that no one could be in my room. That's why I just proceeded to try and grab the bag. But then it crouched and started to crawl towards me. So I was just like, <laughs> nope, I'm eating. Bye. <laughs> The worst part is I proceeded to stay in that room until I was like, I don't know, 20-something. Oh, no. I had to live with that.
3: (laughs) I never told them. Yeah, we had to sleep over in her room, and then she didn't tell us until after. Did you ever see it again?
2: A couple of times, actually. It would just be standing. And the weird thing is I never told anyone And then my sister um, also told me like, oh, by the way, I've been having these creepy experiences in the room. And the things that she described are exactly the things that I would see in the room as well. So that's why I'm so freaked out because how could that be?
0: That's incredible. So what what do these things do? (sighs) Like, are they kind of vampiric or... So they say it's more like a poltergeist
2: wherein well it's not always that they do something to you but if you do end up meeting the ones that are actually bad omens then bad mm. stuff tends to happen. I haven't heard of death relating to them but they would usually like cause bad luck, misfortunes or like yeah, bad luck, injuries and all that.
0: I think I've heard, like, a, a mythology or I don't know where what country this is from. I think I've just kind of seen things like this in movies where, like, um, there's, like, a shadow, shadow being or shadow people or something that, like, accumulate where something bad is about to happen. Is it like that? I think it's kind of similar. So the thing is, no one
2: really talks about these things. They kind of just, like, exist. But I feel like it also shares the same characteristics as the ones that are from other countries because they're technically just like
0: yeah they're basically just like shadows that is possibly one of the scariest ghost stories ever. (laughs) so
1: horrifying
2: i used to like cry every time like i i share this story i used to cry i'm better at it now but i still like get the goosebumps
0: at least i don't tear up anymore (laughs) i got goosebumps too When you said it crouched and crawled toward you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. nope, no. Nope. I don't even want to remember. I kind of started to believe in feng shui after that because I asked my mom to rearrange the furniture in the room after that because I just could not bear opening the door and seeing the couch, whether or not something or someone was sitting there. And when we... Rearrange the furniture. I kind
0: of saw mm. that less. Interesting. Okay.
3: <sighs> Clear the energies. <laughs> Kali, what about you? <laughs> uh, so mine. Um, there are two, but there's one that I I I don't even want to say the name because I'm terrified of it. So I'll just go with the second one. <laughs> um, Nikki knows what it is because she covered the first thing that i'm terrified of do you want to cover it
2: she's she's so funny cuz like every time i try to bring this up to her she can never say the name because that's how scared she is she feels like she's calling <laughs> to like, i don't even the know feature. if they're real i just
1: don't want to <laughs> don't <laughs> I don't blame you, I am in the same camp. I'm not gonna say it. I would let Jenny do that. Jenny's not afraid of that. You say Bloody Mary three times, okay. I'm not calling for the candy man.
0: If you say Plutarch three times. He appears in your mirror. We figured that out last time we recorded. Oh so Golia is afraid of the creature
2: called Duende. This is like a dwarf leprechaun gnome kind of creature that lives under the earth. And they have like these magical abilities. They basically are adults in a child's body, but they have huge feet, huge nose, huge
3: hands. So they're hobbits? Kind of, but scary.
2: <laughs> More or less. But <laughs> the thing is they they hurt people. So one thing is that especially if they live in kind of like anthills and if you ruin those then that's when they do something to you when you offend them or you hurt them and they do these things wherein you kind of fall ill it's usually you get a really bad rash or you just get like really really sick and you can't get cured by a regular doctor. You have to basically go to a shaman or a witch doctor to cure you. And sometimes that doesn't even work. So they have to perform rituals or you have to like give offerings to these creatures to kind of appease them and be like, oh, I'm really sorry for what I did. Can you kind of stop this now
3: yeah and they sometimes even fall in love with people Mm. which scares me because they get obsessed so that's why I'm like I don't even want to talk about them
0: (laughs) no I agree so you don't want to attract the interest of one
3: (laughs) so the second one that I'm terrified of is a monster from Indonesia no from Malaysia their name is Orang Minyak so the literal translation is an oily man. And why I don't like him, I kind of had nightmares when I when we first when I first started researching about him is because like his main personality is that he rapes women. That's like his whole thing. So the reason why he's oily is because he kind of like uh traded his soul to a shaman and then oils start to come out of his pores. So whenever there are cops or like people that try to catch him, he can just slip through their hands cuz he's so oily and he doesn't leave like um footprints behind like he doesn't have oil prints behind even on the doorknobs or anything like that. So and he mainly targets women. So that's why I'm like <laughs> I don't this thing to be real and in Malaysia they still believe in him and there have been cases that you know um, rapists that use the, the tactic of the orang minyak where they cover themselves in like um, grease in like the, the black grease and then like go in and attack women so there, there are like actual <laughs> um, people that have been caught that were doing those things like copying the myth of the orang minyak So that's why I'm afraid of him. I mean, that
0: is terrifying, but also that is, like, just a dude. Like, a dirty dude. It is a dude. You know, the most terrifying monster is
3: man. That's true. (laughs) That's true. And a way to, like, um, ward him off is to surround yourself with men's clothing that have been that have like the smell of men that's also something that i'm afraid of like i don't want my room to smell like dude (laughs) same no no (laughs) like stinky dude no that's a way to like protect yourself to like create a circle around you of clothes that have been sweated on by men
1: so it's bad all around (laughs) my room smelling like a man's locker room it's just not i'm not here for that
2: no no (laughs) but i feel like it says so much about society you know how the only way you can protect yourself as a woman is to be Mm. around men or like masculinity or something like that. Like men only respect men.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also a female living on her own and having her own agency is threatening. Mm. The only way in which she can be safe is if she is protected by a man. Yeah. Like, you know, God forbid a single woman should have any agency.
0: It's funny. I actually live by myself and when I moved into the apartment that I live in now, um everybody in my life was telling me that. They're like, "Yo, you have to have a roommate. You can't just live by yourself." And I'm just like, "No." <laughs> I'm going to live by myself. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a roommate. And and people don't say that to men.
3: Exactly. You know,
0: people don't yeah. say, oh, you, you can't live by yourself. It's not safe to men. But like the idea that like we need to depend on other people to keep specifically men to keep us safe is a big thing. My mom was the same
2: with me. And the only reason why I have housemates is because I can't afford my own place. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs>
1: So let's talk female serial killers in Southeast Asia. You cover a lot of them on your show. Who's one serial killer that you've covered that has you double checking that you locked your doors at night?
3: The thing about female serial killers in Asia, especially in Southeast Asia, the media doesn't, they don't really like cover them. So not a lot is known about these (laughs) serial killers. But there's one that I would love to cover, but we can't because, again, There isn't, like, a lot of information about her. So her name, she's from Japan again. Japan is, like, on our minds now. (laughs) Um, I think we would (laughs) established Japan is the creepiest country. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So her name is um, Sachiko Eto. Um, She's known as the drumstick killer, and she's a cult leader and a serial killer who, like, committed her crimes from 1994 to 1995. So she's like a self-claimed guru. And as someone who has worked for a guru before, that's like a red flag. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> it was against my will to work for him. But... <laughs> so <laughs> She claimed to have psychic abilities. Um, and then she killed several of her cult members because of a like ritual. She believed that she was, like, exercising demons out of them. And then she called her victims ugly devils. And then she killed them using taiko sticks or the drumsticks for those Japanese drums. And she was eventually, like, executed in 2012. There isn't, like, details as to how she killed them. It's just that she used the taiko sticks. That's all. So I find her scary because she's... She seems like she's a person who's very manipulative and when you look at her she's like the regular grandma like Japanese grandma and she even had her followers like commit murders with her like she had four accomplices and she like convinced them to do those things with her so that's why I'm like scared of her because <laughs> she's yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's scary. She
0: sounds terrifying. Yeah. So the taiko sticks, those are like really big drumsticks, right? Am I thinking of the right thing?
3: Yeah, that's the one. So she probably like bashed their head or something. The Japanese don't really like to specify the details when it comes to, especially serial killers, they usually just say it's too horrifying to to share that.
0: All the true crime fans in Japan are like, "Oh, contraire.
3: <laughs> Let us know! We would love to learn. <laughs>
0: Please tell us the details. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nikki, what about you? I'm
2: actually still thinking, because most of the killers that we um, covered would be cult leaders, I would say. And they would do more of massacre than serial killing. So the one that I could think of right now is this Korean cult leader named Park Soon-ja and she was known for the Ode-young, um mass suicide.
1: I know this one.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's so wild cuz like she killed I believe 33 members including her children and herself. So it's like she killed everybody and herself. Most of the dead were found with their hands and feet tied together and a cloth was um, stuck in their, uh, sorry, it was tied to their neck and their noses, I believe, were stuffed, including their mouths. So they, they were like suffocated. It's not really known which came first, but that's how they were found and the bodies were like stacked together. That is really chilling. So, And most of her followers were, like, the homeless people. Like, you know that they were kind of looking for a safe haven in this cult. They kind of found, like, family. Yeah. And then this is where they end up.
0: That's horrifying. And I was just thinking, like, if a lot of the serial killers that you talk about are actually cult leaders, you know, like, the obvious solution is don't join the cult. But if you are a homeless person and you're looking for a safe place to be and the cult provides you with a place to stay and some food. It's like, actually this is like one of the few choices that you might have.
1: I I also think people who, people who get drawn into cults, like it's called a cult of personality for a reason, right? Mm. Like a lot of times by the time you are in deep in the cult, you are like, I may be too far down this rabbit hole. It doesn't happen all at once. right? You know, um, not not to compare religion to cults, because they are not necessarily the same, but, like, I grew up very religious, and it was only when I was a little bit older that I started asking questions, like, but why do we do that? And why is that the rule? And you kind of realize, like, oh, this whole time I've just been going along with it. I, I do think at a certain point in time, like, you do have to go, like, wait, you want to brand me? Wait a minute, you want to control, I'm thinking of next NXIVM culture, you want to control exactly how many calories I eat all day? But it started as, like, a self-improvement, self-help kind of, like thing and all of a sudden then you're like I'm now in a cult. I think it was the
3: same for Adeyang too because she started a charity and she was also involved in another cult. The reason why the police believe that she did what she did was that she was under investigation for the missing funds of the other cult. So she was like in hot water and they believe that she persuaded her followers to end it because maybe she didn't want to do it alone <laughs> um that is really scary actually
0: like somebody who has the ability to manipulate that many people to do that with you i'm just thinking about other things that we've covered that are a little bit similar to that for example the emperor nero when his reign was ending, he went to take his own life, and he was um, he was in this house that his friend had, trying to persuade everybody that he brought with him to take their own lives with him. And everyone was like, "Not it, nope."
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "If you could just like if you could just take your own life first, it would give me the courage to take my <laughs> own life." And everyone was like, "Yeah, but we're not the problem. You're the problem. Like, no. not They're not it. necessarily coming <laughs> to kill us." <laughs>
2: I'm guessing he wasn't as charismatic as he thought he was.
1: (laughs) I mean, what's your first clue? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for this opportunity. I'm going to have (laughs) to.
0: Yeah,
2: because people are like, no, thank you.
0: This might be kind of a hard question to answer because as you've said it's it's hard to find coverage of some of the female serial killers out there but um is there a common thread to how women serial killers are covered in the media that's different from male serial killers like are the men covered more in more detail I would think so because i mean like we get to find
2: more information cuz the thing is what we have trouble searching for are serial killers in Southeast Asia per se, regardless of whether they're men or women. But if we look at it, say, with Western, I don't hear as much serial, female serial killers as I do with male serial killers.
1: Do you think it's because a lot of times, not to be awful, I apologize before I say this, but do you think, <laughs> do you think because it's a lot of times female serial killers are a little less flashy and awful like they tend to be more like poisoners insurance scams like making their the, their body counts like mm. pile up in a way that suits their needs and isn't necessarily about their need for disgusting horrible abuse and and you know grossness
0: that's a great theory like this the female serial killers are just less abusive <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, obviously.
1: I mean there there are there are some who are very abusive. I'm thinking of the one that Charlize Theron won her Oscar for, who now I can't remember, Eileen Eileen Wernos, <laughs> yeah, who was who was quite brutal and quite you know she was, mm. and I do think that it is underreported, but maybe it's it is because they just <laughs> they're just quieter.
2: I think so, too. Like, men usually act on how they're feeling, whereas with women, we're more like, I want to calculate my move first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, it's more strategic, which kind of goes against the whole idea of, you know, like, there's the whole mythology around women who kill, right? Which is, like, she transforms into a demon, and she's motivated by rage and hate, and that makes her this, like, really scary monster or whatever.
3: When perhaps it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed too as how as to how like the Asian media covers female serial killers, there's no sympathy like compared to the male serial killers, like there's a case her name is Junko Ogata. They're kind of a duo serial killer. um, She was like an accomplice. The main serial killer was Futoshi Matsunaga and then they're suspected to kill seven to nine people and then they were only convicted of killing seven. And then, again, not much is known about the case because, you know, Japanese government, they don't want to... But all they, they said about it was that this case is without comparison in the criminal history of Japan. The people don't know that she was heavily abused by... Futoshi Matsunaga like her boyfriend she was basically threatened to to do a lot of stuff but they never covered that that she was abused they never covered the fact that she grew up feeling not to like give an excuse to what she did but when it comes to male serial killers they there's always a backstory they they look into yeah they look into their past. There's a backstory, or almost like looking for a reason or something to blame their behavior on. While women, you know, they're just viewed as bad. Like they kill their family. They're they're supposed to take care of their family, but they're not. So they're bad. That's it. Period. That that's usually how they cover female serial killers in Asia. I don't know if it's the same in.
1: And no, it's the same in the West. I was just thinking about that. Like, if you've got a black widow killer, she, there's no sympathy, and if you've got a, sort of a partners in crime killers like Fred and Rosemary West or the Ken and Barbie killers, there's not a lot of sympathy for the woman involved. And sometimes there shouldn't be. Like, sometimes it, it is just an evil person. I think there's this rationalization that we try to make, whether it's a man or a woman, as to why you would do these awful things, like these things that seem so out of human character. And I think that's part of why we try so hard to understand the, was there something that happened in your backstory that made you this? I do think a lot more time is spent on on the male male sort of narrative of that. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And some of it is because there just are less female serial killers who are, I would say, of that sort of brutal caliber. And a lot of times they do work in partners. There's a lot of female serial killers who are poisoners. There's a lot of, like, uh, nurses who, uh, not... Not many nurses, but a lot of female serial killers that we know of in the West, sometimes they tend to gravitate towards professions like nursing or caring because you can do a lot of poisoning that way. And a lot of female serial killers choose, like, poison as their weapon. And they're very successful. They get away with it for a long time. Nurses deserve all the money in the world. They are the lifeblood of all countries. I'm just saying about serial killers.
3: Yeah, well, not getting away with it but I agree that's why they um the female serial killers aren't really covered because they poison people and I feel like people think that they can see that pattern and they can they think that they can avoid it. There isn't like a lot of shock factor. I I don't like that term, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's why they're not really covered.
1: In a horrible way, there isn't a sexiness to it. You know what I mean. The horribleness about true crime, about crime fiction a lot of times, about the stories that we choose to tell is it's built on like the covers with the dead woman on the on the on the front, right? There's a dead woman, a dead body it's there isn't that sort of taboo breaking illicit gore transcendent factor, and as a result, we're like, yeah, but I could see poisoning my husband, and you're like. Okay, don't don't immediately go there, but sure. But it's like the other stuff I don't get. I mean, poisoning is more yeah.
0: relatable, realistically. Yeah, <laughs> who among us has not considered
1: it? I mean, as I've told my husband many times, I'm like DNA and video cameras and everything. Like, I don't think I could plan to murder you, so I think you're safe. <laughs>
0: that's the only reason you're safe. I feel like that's so much
1: labor that you're I,
0: safe. I just don't. Have it time. Just, it's too much work. So this has been so awesome. Thank you guys for coming on.
3: Yeah, thank you for having us. It was so
0: much fun. <laughs> Thanks so much for having us. Where can everybody find you guys?
2: So you guys can check us out at um, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast to. We basically um, have twice a week um, episodes up, and we have exclusive video content on Patreon.
0: Um, where, where is your Patreon? Patreon.com forward
3: slash Creepy Convos. By the way, we interview Jen and Jenny on our Patreon. So if you want more tea about their book and their podcast, you guys can find that there.
0: (laughs) That's right. We'll tell you all the secrets. Yeah. (laughs) And
3: where can people find you on social media? You can follow us on Instagram at Creepy Conversations and then on Twitter at Creepy Convos. And that's it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Definitely go check out their podcast. It is Extremely scary, also extremely hilarious.
1: (laughs) It's so much fun. Thank you guys so much. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for being a part of our Women of Myth series and for shedding so much light on things I knew nothing about. It's been brilliant. (laughs) I'm also now terrified of the rain and of using umbrellas. Yes,
0: <laughs> I'm. I'm afraid of toilet paper. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, thank you all so much for listening, and I guess we'll see you next week. <laughs>